0: Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. The next couple weeks are going to be crazy in the sports world. Round three of the basketball playoffs, round two of hockey playoffs, regular season baseball, a golf major kicks off this weekend, tennis major kicks off in a couple weeks. There is so much going on, and BetOnline is the place to stop for all of your props, odds, bets, parlays, and more over this next crazy month of May. Use our promo code Believe, B L E A V, to get a fifty percent welcome bonus when you sign up. Bet online, where the game starts. Good. on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live, because it's a podcast. Welcome in, everybody. It is May 20th, according to my count. May not be that according to your count. We appreciate you stopping in however and whenever you may be listening. We have got a fun, fun show coming at you here today. We are going to talk about the Mavericks and Warriors series. We're going to talk Heat and Celtics. At some point here, Morgan from Australia is going to join us. Might be on this episode. Might be another bonus episode. We'll see what happens as we go along here. We're going to talk about both of those series as our main topic of the day. I want to eulogize and wax poetically about the uh well I guess not eulogize yet but just wax poetically about the Mavericks and Warriors series it was something I wanted to do earlier in the week we had the draft lottery happen at the same time we had LeGarrette Blunt on the show we had game sevens that finished so we all bring it back full circle and we get to wax poetically about the Western Conference Finals on today's show we begin today with an absolutely amazing story In college football. I'm just going to touch on it quickly because there's only so much to to talk about here. But for people who aren't in the loop on college football, I think I want to start a college football podcast at some point. But basically, for those who don't know, Nick Saban did an interview on Wednesday in which he talked about how they had the number two recruiting class. Alabama did. Texas A&M had the number one recruiting class and Texas A&M basically paid for every player on the team. And then called out Jackson State and Travis Hunter, for those who don't know, Travis Hunter was the number two overall recruit in college football who chose Jackson State over Florida State as a five-star, soon-to-go-to-the-league type of player. And he said that Travis Hunter got a million dollars to go play at Jackson State, which is unconfirmed reports. And also something that people are kind of quiet about behind the scenes because the NCAA doesn't you don't want an NCAA investigation launched on your program because even though name, image and likeness is real, the NCAA has got to make one last stand at trying to deny black kids overwhelmingly, but denying athletes their rights to compensation. We got to exploit labor one last time before we can get compensation for the top players in college football. And all of that comes full circle to the fact that when he goes scorched earth, not scorched earth, I should say, he makes comments about Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. By the way, Jimbo Fisher, a guy who in the past has said, I mean, we used to pay players all the time, but now we kind of can do it more out loud than under the table, blah, blah, blah. Texas A&M, a program that has the largest athletic budget in all of college football, that is a true statement. Texas A&M and Texas have the two largest athletic budgets in all of college football. It's why Lane Kiffin is asking for a salary cap on Texas A&M and Texas, because they can just pay as many players as they want. But here's the thing. When Lane Kiffin talks shit about Jimbo Fisher... It's not so much a news story because Lane Kiffin is a troll who happens to be a head coach. We've done like six episodes of this podcast on Lane Kiffin before. It's absolutely incredible. Lane Kiffin's just a professional troll and is only like 45 years old and has lived like three different careers in the span of one lifetime. Like 15 years ago, he was drafting Jamarcus Russell over Calvin Johnson, and he's still only like 47 years old. Like he's still got like 20 years left as a head coach. But anyways... So when Lane Kiffin talks shit about Jimbo Fisher, it doesn't go as a big news story. When Nick Saban talks shit about Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M has to respond. And respond they did. Texas A&M put together a 9 minute and 25 second news conference in which Jimbo Fisher should have just sat down, stuck his hand out, given a giant middle finger to Nick Saban and said, you really want to start talking shit, Nick? You really want to start talking about parody in college football. You really want to start talking about competitive balance and not paying players or paying high school kids, which Nick Saban's backpedaling seems to be the thing he's apologizing for. Jimbo Fisher was like, I fucking hate Nick Saban. He should have just given a middle finger as he's saying all this. I hate Nick Saban, Nick Saban is dirty, Nick Saban has paid players, Nick Saban, from when the time I worked from him from 2000 to 2004 made me despise Nick Saban, he even invoked the name of the late great Bobby Bowden, who's like, Bobby Bowden made me learn things that I'm, that he, he helped me learn this is what you should do as a coach, Nick Saban taught me what you should not do as a coach, and Nick Saban tried to call Jimbo, Jimbo won't pick up the phone, It is absolutely scorched earth bullshit between two incredibly rich men who have exploited black laborers for their entire careers, and it's absolutely funny and lacking perspective not the exploiting labor part it's funny how these two old white men just lack so much perspective in laughing about the idea of paying players or not paying players because they literally are ceos of major corporations it's weird that colleges and universities I, i talk about this all the time with friends who don't watch sports how weird is it that colleges and universities make hundreds of millions of dollars in athletics it's so weird that that exists. It's just another revenue stream that continues to be picked up and folded in with the college and university because ultimately the colleges and universities try and act like they are higher education institutions instead of for-profit corporations that happen to traffic in the money and labor of educating young people. And so what's interesting about this part is like Sabin and Jimbo, we never see this. We never see Saban stoop down to the level of punching at Jimbo Fisher or punching at Lane Kiffin. It's those people try and irritate Sabin and just poke the bear, poke the bear, poke the bear, poke Nick Sabin a little bit. And it was Jackson State. By the way, Nick Sabin, who does Affleck commercials with Dion Sanders, like it's Nick Sabin poking the bear, poking the bear, poking the bear like everyone's trying to go after Nick Sabin, and this one time Nick Saban slips up on talking shit about texas a&m or talking shit about jackson state and it goes viral and maybe the viral part of it is what we're reacting to it's really interesting that saban stooped down to the level and saban's never going to be perfect like it's impossible to be perfect from any of these guys even bill belichick effed up in the brian flores brian dayball thing like Humans are imperfect in that way. Saban's going to F up the same way Lane Kiffin's going to F up when he throws the headset and says, get your popcorn ready, and then is down like 21 points in the second quarter. Like, people are going to F up. People are going to say things that are are wrong. Like Mike Leach has F'd up so many times in this regard. Mike Leach is like, yeah, President Trump, loved that guy. Mike Gundy, he's the OAN guy. Bruce Pearl for for the head coach of Auburn's basically like, I think poor people should die. Like this is pretty much like how these college coaches work, especially when you have people who are CEOs who traffic overwhelmingly white coaches because it's the same way we talk about the NFL having a diversity problem, college coaches have a diversity problem in their hiring process. The same I mean, we even saw it with the the scandal with Christian Dawkins that HBO did a really good documentary called The Scheme that we talked about at the very beginning of the pandemic. Like, it is white CEO coaches with overwhelmingly black assistants. And black players, especially in football and basketball, the majority of football players are black. Overwhelmingly, majority of basketball players are black. You have white coaches and CEO figures of these schools with white athletic directors trafficking in the product and labor of these uh, of black men. And this is a really fascinating dynamic because Nick Saban is the CEO coach. That has conquered the mountain and everyone just keeps trying to poke the bear. He's the greatest college football coach ever. He's dominated this system of exploiting labor and has done it in a way that hasn't damaged his reputation, other than people joking about him paying players, which isn't actually a problem. And the one time he slips up, and he slipped up other times, but the one memorable time recently that he slipped up, and Jimbo Fisher's gonna go scorched earth on him. Jimbo Fisher actually comes out looking good, and Nick Saban comes out looking like the Uncle Tom who's trying to protect name, image, and likeness. With Dabo Swinney, we all know Dabo Swinney's an asshole who protects name, who protects the sanctity of college football that continues to exploit labor while Dabo Swinney makes $12 million a year. Like, Dabo Swinney's at least an asshole about it. When Nick Saban's an asshole about it, he comes out looking bad, and he's the guy who's like, yeah, Bryce Young's gonna make $2 million in name, image, and likeness. Nick Saban's like 22 players on our team were able to profit from name, image, and likeness in the same interview that he goes scorched earth on Jimbo Fish. I mean, he didn't go scorched earth. It's just on the viral clip about him shit-talking Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher went scorched earth afterwards, but Nick Saban prompts the scorched earth response from Jimbo Fisher. And yes, they have a, a, a history. So for people who don't know, Jimbo Fisher was Nick Saban's offensive coordinator at LSU from 2000 to 2004. And then Nick Saban left to go coach the Miami Dolphins for two seasons before he ended up going to the University of Alabama. And Jimbo Fisher, after he um, is the offensive coordinator at LSU, he ends up staying at LSU after Saban leaves and then becomes the offensive coordinator at Florida State. And then takes over for Tommy Bow or Bobby Bowden when B- Bobby Bowden retires in 2009. And then he ends up leaving Florida state for Texas A&M. And it's really interesting and all that stuff. So that's the backstory there was that he was his assistant coach for five years or he was his main assistant coach for five years. And Jimbo does not like Nick Saban and It's interesting that Nick Saban gets to look like the asshole in the whole equation. Jimbo doesn't look great. Jimbo's at least, like, willing to go scorched earth on Nick Saban in response instead of being the bigger person, and the pettiness, the pettiness is funny. Because both of these men are in the wrong. Nick Saban just gets to look like an asshole while being wrong, and Jimbo Fisher gets to look like he's standing up for himself and his players while also being wrong. It's the pettiness that makes it really, really funny all right y'all let's talk about Mavs and Warriors this series is so much fun and if we're doing the waxing poetically about the lore of NBA history in the Western Conference which I'm about to do in a little bit this series is absolutely perfect for storytelling and I did some of it on Monday. When we talked with Morgan from Australia in a full disclosure type of moment here. I had recorded for three hours with our friend Juju. And we watched the Mavs and Suns game together. And it was an absolute blowout. We did all the analysis and stuff. And it was like 95 degrees. And the AC doesn't work in my apartment right now. So like it was hot. I was tired. I talked over Morgan a lot. And when we talked about Mavs Warriors, I instinctively went into talking about my comparison between the series of the Mavericks and Warriors and the 2012 Western Conference Finals, and I wanted to take the time to dig deeper into this idea instead of just putting it out there. First of all, Game 1 of Mavericks and Warriors. Both teams did not shoot the ball well in that game. The Warriors scored a ton of baskets at the rim with like Draymond Green and Kevon Looney. Uh, Obviously, by the second half, it was a bit of a blowout. And and by the way, this series is going to be some blowouts because both teams are predicated on shooting with a lot of their offense. And so the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks are going to have blowout type of games because if one team is off on shooting or one team brings a strong defensive performance... It can look like Dallas shoots 36% from the field while Golden State shoots 56% from the field, or Dallas shoots 23% from three while Golden State shoots 34% from three. And then you look up and Golden State has 112 points, and four different Warriors have scored 10, uh, 15 points. And, you know, Curry's got 21, Thompson's got 15, Wiggins had 12 at halftime. Uh, Jordan Poole finished with 19, Otto Porter had 10, he hit all five, I guess five layups pretty much, but he hit all of his two-point field goal attempts, and it'll start to look like that sometimes when the game gets out of hand, and seeing only four players on Dallas who at the time it was like Luka had 11, Reggie Bullock had 9, Dinwiddie had 7, Kleba had 7. Like it confused me, especially because Clay and Steph, like, Clay and Steph didn't have the greatest first half, and yet the Warriors were still up big. And then when uh, Clay Thompson had 15 points pretty much all in the second half, and Steph Curry had 14 points and got to the free throw line a bunch of times, but like missed a bunch of free throws, it was kind of weird. And Steph led the team in rebounds, which is always funny. When you see Steph Curry, six foot three, large human being, but compared to basketball players, one of the smallest human beings in the league, leading the team in reboundings. Like all that stuff is fun as you're watching it. And so seeing like Dallas have most of their offense come from four players and the Warriors being able to shut down everything else. I was listening to Stan Van Gundy on the broadcast, and he was talking about how Luca was getting his shots up. They just weren't falling, and credit to the Warriors' defense for at least contesting, because Luka's going to hit some of those shots that he takes where he like steps back to his left and shoots a three-pointer, which is, at this point, one of Luka's best shots, and a shot that's not going to age well the same way step-back threes were incredibly effective for James Harden five years ago, and they're less effective now. In the moment, don't worry about it. It's like the people who complain about Lamar Jackson getting hurt down the road or Ja Morant's game not aging well like it's working right now it's really freaking fun right now Luka hits step back threes and creates separation it's an inefficient shot it's a shot he makes more often than other people and the Warriors play good enough defense that like Luka shoots 33 percent from the field and 30 percent from three well you can win that game easily especially when you have four players scoring fifteen plus points or five players scoring fifteen plus points and, and Wiggins scoring twelve in the first half when Clay and Steph combined only have like six. I think Clay and Steph had like seven headed up to halftime, but still the point stands like that's how Golden State can win those games. The same way Dallas can win those games when Golden State shoots twenty percent from the three-point line. Now it it looks better for Golden State when they shoot fifty-six percent from the field as a team. Maybe they shoot 38% one time and Dallas wins one of those games that's how that series is gonna go back and forth a bit I feel conviction that the Warriors are gonna win the series more so than like the the Heat and Celtics series which I flipped a coin on the the podcast we did yesterday with Juju I just flipped a coin to decide the winner of that one so interesting dynamics there what I want to talk about in the macro level conversation about Mavericks and Warriors is Back in 2012, the arguably three best teams in the NBA, and maybe it's three of the four best teams in the NBA, ultimately, three best teams in the NBA were in the Eastern Conference. It was the Big Three Miami Heat, it was the Boston Celtics, it was the Chicago Bulls. And we don't talk about that period of NBA basketball as like a revitalization of the Eastern Conference. Cause it only lasted for a little bit of time. It was the transition period from the Boston Celtics run the Eastern Conference. You know, they they make the finals in two thousand eight, lose in the conference championship in two thousand, or I guess it would have been the second round in two thousand nine. They lose in the second round in two thousand nine, and then they lose in 2000, or, 2000, or they win the conference in two thousand ten. This is the transition from the Boston Celtics to lebron james running the eastern conference for a decade you know makes the finals for the first time in 2007 and makes it eight consecutive years from 2011 to 2018 and then leaves the eastern conference altogether and for that short transition period the best basketball in the nba was in the eastern conference and it's really the only three-year period of the last 20 years of nba basketball like post chicago bulls which i guess is 25 years now In the last twenty-five years, it's been the three-year period where the Eastern Conference has dominated the NBA. Because the two thousands are all about Spurs and Lakers, then the LeBron generation starts, then the Kevin Durant generation. It's all of the best players happen to be in the Western Conference. It's Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, James Arden, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard. They all just happen to be drafted. Into the Western Conference, the six best players for a generation of basketball for for a, uh, the years 2014 to 2019, every single one gets drafted in the Western Conference. It's just a random chance that that happened. It's the reason everyone complained about the disparities in the the parity of the league and why people were petitioning for the NBA where they they mix up the the playoffs and get rid of conferences and all that stuff. It was just because of the random, if we assume that the chance of landing a superstar is random probabilities, the random probability that the six best players of a generation of basketball would all end up on the Western Conference teams. And Paul George is number seven. So like maybe Paul George and DeMar DeRozan are the exceptions there. Like seven and eight end up in the Eastern Conference as well and lose to LeBron James in... 2013, 2014 for the Pacers, 2016, and 2018 for the Toronto Raptors. You have a Celtics team mixed in there in 2017 with Isaiah Thomas, and you have a Hawks team that was a weird mishmash of players in 2015 who get swept out by the Cavs. So, like, the the Eastern Conference poses no threat to LeBron James because an entire generation of players end up in the Western Conference. But for that three-year period from 2015 10 to 2012, the best basketball in the NBA is in the Eastern Conference. And the best team in the West during this period is the revitalized San Antonio Spurs. And what revitalized the San Antonio Spurs from 2011 to 2014 wasn't necessarily that the San Antonio Spurs added pieces they added Kawhi Leonard who four years later would go on to be finals MVP it was the lack of competition in the Western Conference during that period so in 2010 the Lakers had won back-to-back or I guess three straight Western Conference titles and then Dallas won in 2011 And there wasn't really a competitive team to go up against the Spurs from 2011 to 2013. The closest thing to it was the Memphis Grizzlies, who like the Grizzlies in 2011 beat the Spurs, who were a one seed because of injuries in the first round of the playoffs. The Grizzlies were the closest thing to a competitor. And the Grizzlies are kind of like the way we think of the Toronto Raptors with DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, which is... They weren't a conference champion or an NBA finals type of team. They were just a really good team. Dallas, after the 2011 final, never won another playoff series. So it was like they won that championship. All the old guys retired. They were never the same team. And the Rockets were in a rebuild. The Thunder were this young up-and-coming team that was crazy. The Clippers were an up-and-coming team. Well, the Rockets were about to trade for James Harden, which is a generational player. And so the Spurs became the standard of the Western Conference because they were the one team in the NBA who was championship good. Of the four teams that are usually championship good, they were the one team in the Western Conference, and they ran the Western Conference for the 2011-12-13-14 seasons. For reference, in the 2012 year, the Western Conference standings went Spurs, Thunder, Lakers, Grizzlies, Clippers, Denver, which I think this was the last Carmelo Anthony season, Dallas, and the Utah Jazz. And in 2013, when the Lakers start to fall apart because Kobe Bryant tears his Achilles and they tried to trade for Dwight Howard, it ends up going Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Denver, which that I assume was the last Carmelo year, Clippers, Grizzlies, Golden State on the rise. Lakers, bottom of the conference, Houston Rockets. So it's like rising are the Clippers, rising are the Warriors, rising are the Thunder, rising are the Rockets. It's the same way we talk about the Western Conference right now with Ja Morant and the rising Grizzlies, Luka Doncic and the rising Mavericks, New Orleans Pelicans with Zion, if Zion ever gets healthy. The way that we talk about the Western Conference today is the way people were talking about the Western Conference a decade ago when the three best teams were the Bulls, the Celtics, and the Miami Heat, all in the Eastern Conference, and the Spurs were the next closest thing. And so the Spurs were the dynasty from 2012 to 2014. They were the first seed, or sorry, from 2011 to 2014, so four seasons. They were one seed in the West, one seed in the West, two seed in the West, One seed in the West because they had Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili as the core of their team, and Kawhi Leonard as a young guy. Who does that sound familiar to? A team that won three championships in five years, spent five years without winning a championship, and then in a Western Conference that was weak, ended up being the best team for four years. We're literally talking about the current Golden State Warriors. By the way, done with the same core that they had from those championship teams. Because after 2007, the Spurs finished third in the West, third in the West, seventh in the West in the three years that the Lakers won the conference every single year. The 2000s were Spurs and Lakers. Those were the two best teams in the entire NBA. It was Spurs or it was Lakers, and a couple years it was the Mavericks, and one year the Suns made the conference finals. It was those teams running the NBA and one time it'd be the Pistons in the East or the Pistons won two conference titles and it was the Nets and it was LeBron's flute calves team. And then the Celtics built a big three to actually have a competitive team in the East. And for that three year period, the Western conference had a downtime and the Spurs ran the Western conference in 2011, and 2014. It was really four years, 2011, everyone got hurt and Lo and behold, the Mavericks fluked their way into the NBA championship by beating Kobe Bryant and the Memphis Grizzlies and Kevin Durant and then LeBron James. It wasn't a fluke championship. It was just a weak Western Conference and an upset where they beat the Miami Heat. And That's not an indictment of the Mavericks. It's one of the great upsets in the history of the NBA was the Dallas Mavericks 2011 championship over the Heat. And so in 2012... The Spurs, as the gold standard, swept the Jazz, swept the Clippers, and got to the conference finals as heavy favorites against Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City had made the conference finals the year before, so it's not a perfect analogy. This was 23-year-old Kevin Durant, 22-year-old Russell Westbrook, 21-year-old James Harden. And the Oklahoma City Thunder were underdogs in that series against the Spurs. It was number one seed in the West, number two seed in the West, competing against each other for the conference finals. This was rookie Kawhi Leonard for the Spurs. The team was Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker with Patty Mills and Steven Jackson and Danny Green and Boris Diao, and all the guys that would end up being part of the champion San Antonio Spurs Of 2014 and that Spurs team gets to the conference finals is favored against the Oklahoma City Thunder and go up two games to zero against the Thunder. This is a Spurs team that won 10 consecutive games to start the 2012 playoffs. I'm not saying the Warriors this year are that dominant. The Warriors also weren't really tested in the first two games of the series, in part because John Morant got hurt. The Warriors just weren't tested very hard in the first few games of the series of the, of the playoffs against Denver or against Memphis. And Golden State is a championship core after two years of being out of contention, getting back into the championship conversation with the same core of the team: Curry, Thompson, Draymond. The same way it was Duncan, Parker, Ginobili, core of the team. Kawhi Leonard being built up to be the guy who would carry the the torch for decades down the road for the Spurs, but wasn't there yet. And Oklahoma City famously won four consecutive games against the San Antonio Spurs. Game three by 20 points, game four by six, game five in San Antonio, which was the first playoff home loss for San Antonio, and the famous Game 6 where they left James Harden open and James Harden just kept hitting 3-pointer after 3-pointer after 3-pointer and Ernie Johnson gives the famous interview afterwards where he asks Kevin Durant Are you uh, are you sure you're sure you're only 23? Yeah, I'm I'm 23 Uh, This game tonight was described
1: this game tonight was described beforehand as this was going to be the toughest game you'd ever played the
0: toughest thing to do to close somebody out and close out san antonio tonight Have you been in a game as intense as this one? No, I don't think so, man. This was the toughest game we played since I've been here. San Antonio Spurs, man, they're a great organization. They do things the right way. uh, But we we kept playing hard. I just try to inspire my teammates by my play uh, on both ends of the floor. And I'm glad we got this one for Oklahoma City. And you... um... I know that interview isn't the most famous in the world. I just love the, are are you sure you're 23 years old? Yep, Kevin Durant was. And Luka is 23 years old right now. And it's crazy to say that Luka Doncic is Kevin Durant. He is. Luka Doncic at 23 years old is the Kevin Durant of his generation. He is putting up numbers equivalent to Kevin Durant and LeBron James and Michael Jordan in the playoffs as a member of the Dallas Mavericks, he single-handedly—and I know single-handedly is is pejorative—because he still had volume scorers on the Dallas Mavericks like Dinwiddie and Brunson and all those guys. He essentially single-handedly, without another top, without another tier four All-Star caliber player, has gotten the Dallas Mavericks to the conference finals. And I know the second round is going to be an indictment of Phoenix Suns falling apart more than Dallas' success. It's still a byproduct of, by simply having Luka Doncic, Dallas is competitive enough to beat all of these teams in the West. They will lose to the Golden State Warriors, in my opinion. I could be wrong. It would be cool if he gets to have an interview where Ernie Johnson asks him, Are, are you sure you're 23? And they get to celebrate that in Dallas the way Kevin Durant did, because the parallels would be fucking awesome. At the same time... Luca is that guy, and by single-handedly being there, the, the story of the Dallas Mavericks begins to write itself. And the story of Luka Doncic, whether he stays in Dallas or not, begins to write itself because you get this amazing run. And by the way, this is how the Spurs end up coming back stronger and winning a championship. And like, you know, the fifth one is kind of the one that cements the dynasty. The same way the Warriors fourth one would cement them as the Spurs of, the, I mean, they're already the Spurs of their era, but they've won three in five years, three in four years. If you count the last one where they should have won four in five years, like the Warriors are that version of dominance and they bring the same core back and they can make a championship run. And the the parallels are so uncanny and I find it so cool that we get baby Kevin Durant, The guy who's going to help revive the Western Conference, I put revive in air quotes because it's not like the Western Conference has been down bad for more than three years. The guy who's going to revive the Western Conference, led with him and John Morant and Zion Williamson and the baby generation, the Ant-Man could be in the mix too, even though the Ant-Man's not going to be the same caliber player as those guys. The entire... Generation is right in front of our eyes, and it begins with Luka Doncic making this Western Conference final run that parallels the exact same situation that happened a decade ago. And I think that's super fun, and it's made me super excited about this series between the Mavericks and the Warriors. Or should I say, the Spurs 2.0 and Kevin Durant's Thunder 2.0. hello hello how are you good how are you i'm doing very very well as well as i can be on this day where it is 80 degrees in my apartment and our ac is broken
1: am i supposed to feel sad for you
0: i mean it's the middle of winter so i don't think so
1: no and uh, hang on, I have to work out what eighty degrees is first before I care. Hang
0: okay, on. whatever.
1: 80. Whatever. Oh, it's only twenty six. Shut up. That's
0: fine. <laughs> inside. It's eighty. It's twenty six inside. Not yeah, outside. So inside. Outside. It's about thirty two.
1: I just don't see the problem here. Okay, whatever. Sounds uh, delightful. <laughs>
0: 32 Celsius sounds delightful.
1: Yeah, that's that's fine. Like it gets a lot hotter than that here.
0: Oh, I'm Morgan. I can handle extreme heat and so I'm cool.
1: No, I'm warm.
0: <laughs> ha 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 Anyways, Boston Celtics are losing. Um we, we I'm because- outside. I wouldn't know that because I've gone outside. <laughs> Because the Boston Celtics uh, because basketball like you know how basketball fans always say like the last are people who detract basketball say the last five minutes are the only thing that matters uh, yeah. because I because I might be busy later might as well decide to record it during the, the 34 minutes that are unimportant.
1: Well, that's fine. But let's not pretend that anything's happened yet because it hasn't.
0: No, this is true. It, it's currently 18 to 13. We're halfway through the first quarter. Oh, well, then it really hasn't. Jason Tatum just buried a three. PJ
1: Tucker. Oh, well, there you go. It's 18 to 16. PJ Tucker scored the first two shots of the game, I think. So if you did have PJ Tucker over, <laughs> over six points, then be good.
0: Yeah, You're, you're going to be ahead of me by a little bit because I just saw PJ Tucker miss two bunnies and... uh yeah, it wasn't, no, wasn't I'm outside.
1: Great. I haven't seen anything. He just scored the first two of the game. That's all.
0: Yeah, yeah. Good shout out to whoever had that. Uh, the time lord, I yeah. think, had the first basket for the Celtics. No, Jalen Brown did. Um, yeah. Uh, what is yeah. Marcus Smart's and injury? The time.
1: The, the time Lord also everything. He's had everything's injured because he's that? Marcus Smart. Um, the timeline also had the first block, but you won't hear about that because it's Boston, and you don't hear about the blocks that we make.
0: Do it's we hear about, about the blocks, blocks Miami make. makes?
1: Yeah, constantly.
0: I mean, I, I remember the Bam one, but like I don't remember any well, other you didn't, ones. You I did mean, hear
1: that Jimmy Butler. You, you didn't hear that Jimmy Butler blocked Jason Tatum this week? Oh
0: geez. Oh no, gosh. I did see that one. I, the one I remember from the first game is um. The one I remember more was Dwayne Dedman going up and getting absolutely rejected by someone. I don't remember who it was, but Boston rejected Dwayne Dedman at the rim. Yeah. I think it was no Tyus, maybe.
1: Because it's it's only Bam and Jimmy blocks are the only ones that count, apparently. Like oh. <sighs>
0: Whatever. so so this is so the boston celtics who have already been crowned the next great thing in the nba are getting unfair bias in media coverage that that's what you're no arguing.
1: no 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 in in the show that we like coverage i'm sick of hearing about their blocks just shut the fuck up
0: okay that, that's a weirdly specific criticism <laughs> to have yeah yep.
1: and nobody took anybody's soul he was a child
0: Leave him alone. Okay, I mean, I, I, I the Jimmy anyway, Block so was rather tame. I'm
1: not even, I'm not even talking about the Celtics anymore because this game hasn't even started yet. It's not even halftime. Um, Jarvis Landry to the Saints. <laughs> I think so. Oh yeah,
0: that's right. I forgot that happened. I was so convinced he was going to end up on the Jets for like sixteen million a year, but Saints is a nice place.
1: So we've we've suddenly gone from having like no receiving call to not bad.
0: Oh, I'd say it's even better than not bad. Like I know Jarvis mm-hmm. Landry was injured last year but like in 2020 he was a pro bowler. like that's that's pretty I good. Think Jarvis,
1: I, Jarvis Landry's get he gets slandered a little and I don't think they they should put some respect on Jarvis Landry's name. I
0: think Jarvis Landry is a is a lower tier wide receiver one, really good wide receiver two. I guess but, yeah. like I'd Fine. say like because he's not, the, he's not our wide receiver one. So it's great. I'd be like, just ask me next year. What Jarvis Landry is. Cause I feel like Jarvis Landry was so injured last year and played through it. And Baker Mayfield collapsed as a quarterback. And like, like he's I now like 30.
1: It's okay. Um, I saw him catch a touchdown in real life. He was playing for the dolphins in the game that I went to. Ah so, uh, yes, I got a little, a little bit of Jarvis Landry love, and like, obviously, um, the LSU Louisiana sort of,
0: of course love. LSU who you dis- who you um no no you, you abandoned back back. but then quietly jumped back on after all I the the sexual them. harassment they did the stuff. Wrong
1: thing, yeah they did the wrong thing and no one else seems to be punishing them so what am I going to do
0: lawsuit will take care of some of it
1: fingers crossed
0: fingers crossed anyway yeah
1: anyway sorry Jarvis Landry happy about that
0: is it Landry, disrespectful for me Badger. to call Jalen Waddle Jarvis Landry 2.0 because I've kind of been doing that for a year now and and, and I Jarvis feel like it's Landry
1: a, had a little dance then maybe
0: I guess he's more
1: famous is more famous for the fact that he does that penguin thing than for anything else I, I overrated
0: Jalen Waddle oh my god oh my god Tyler Hero just rejected Marcus Smart. Now, he fouled him, but he, oh, like, amazing. did the LeBron amazing. pin it against the can't rim. I can't
1: wait to hear about this forever, forever and ever. It was
0: funny. It, it was it was the LeBron pin the ball against the rim type of block. He just happened to foul Marcus Smart as he did it.
1: Oh, then that doesn't sound like an efficient block, then, does it?
0: Oh, it was, uh, no. no, it was all ball on the block. He just also kind of, like, body slammed Marcus Smart after the fact. I don't you think it should have been called for a foul, well, yeah. It was. Shush. yeah anyways um i think the most th- i think the thing jalen waddle is most famous for is like leaving his family hanging on draft day like after he gets drafted no, he immediately just the leaves. dancing is it the dance it's
1: stupid a stupid penguin thing yeah no not everybody watches draft day everyone knows that he does that stupid penguin waddle
0: I mean, it is a pretty famous video. It was it was like the best viral moment of the 2021 draft, the same way that famous Mike Vrabel photo was the best thing that's ever happened in the history of sports.
1: <laughs> Mike Vrabel's weird family.
0: Yeah, Mike Vrabel's weird family with someone just taking a shit on national television.
1: <laughs> Bill Belichick's dog doing the picks.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: What a time that was to be alive. Or did what he a during a lives. pandemic? Whatever, either one of those.
0: That draft was so. There were so many great moments. The fact that Zach Taylor, who looks like white privilege, got the whole screens, He got the like background that was like Bengals, whatever, like they do for press conferences, and then set up his camera in a place where you could clearly see that it was just a background in his office. Like he put the background there and then put the camera not in the place that would have actually made it look like a background. We found out Andy Reid has a Peloton in his living room, which I can only assume <laughs> is for his wife. Um, yeah, that's like
1: I have plants in my living room; they're they're not alive. Like that Peloton's not performing any tasks.
0: That draft was great, man. Twenty twenty draft was great. Yeah. We had we had his family looking so distraught when he got drafted. What else did we have in there? We had all kinds of funny stuff during the 2020 draft.
1: I never would have picked that Bill Belichick's dog was named Nike ever.
0: Nike Belichick. It's just a weird. Why? why? Is well, it, I think it, Nike, Nike originally he only wears has those a... stupid quarter thing things. <laughs> I, I think Nike originally is the goddess of victory in in I think Greece. So. I think that that might have something to do with it. That was That's what Nike no, was shill.
1: Before. He's a shill.
0: I, may, maybe he's a corporate shill. It could also be like the goddess of victory in Greek mythology. That's a Bill Belichick thing, I guess. Or he's a corporate shill. He's a corporate shill. I mean, that's a weird thing to be a corporate shill about. Like, that would be yeah. the weird time for Bill do, Belichick to, that to be Nobody
1: knew that name was Nike until a pandemic arrived and he was sitting at a table like a human
0: yeah it would be a weird time for bill belichick to to become corporate shill it would it would be a weird time for that's the moment he he had been plotting that for 10 years
1: it was a weird time like what a swerve who would have thought yeah brady would go to the box and belichick would be a shill (laughs) and his son would be weird
0: I mean, we we already kind of knew his son was weird, even in 2019. It's just uh,
1: those faces.
0: (laughs) Both of them, both of them, man. Mm. So, are the Saints going to trade Michael Thomas? So, it feels like what this is precluding.
1: No, 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 no. He's buying. He's bought back in. Okay. Back in, like, yeah. According to Twitter, like, he was all disengaged and having a cry, and not and doing the whole. Scotty Pippen not having the surgery when he was supposed to have the surgery. But um, he's back in now, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, basically, it's going to be the equivalent of like two years off for Michael Thomas. Like, hmm? if you count the end of that season where he was playing on a broken leg, plus missing all of last the season. If
1: you can catch a ball, you can catch a ball.
0: But does that mean he's the wide receiver three now?
1: No. Like, Are you sure? Not, this is not an average... Wide receiver. He was one of the best in the game.
0: Right? I know. I just, never I, never both Michael Thomas their, and Jarvis Landry, never I'm, never got like, got I'm glad they're respect. on the same team now. Because I'm like, like just like, wait until not,
1: they're not in the same category. Seriously. Jarvis Landry is a good, solid contributor. Michael Thomas was leading like stats.
0: He has the all time receptions record. Yeah,
1: exactly right. So that's not Jarvis Landry. Jonathan. I know I,
0: I just it's I, I don't know what kind of player he's going to be because we know wide receivers don't age well. And this uh-huh. is two years of injuries for Michael Thomas, like all coming back together at age 29. Like I, I assume he's not going to be Michael Thomas of old combined with the fact their quarterback room is is not great. Like put it all together. I, I, I assume it's not going to be Michael Thomas of old. I just don't know what Michael Thomas is going to be there.
1: You know what? Maybe.
0: Maybe. Maybe Jarvis Landry is the number three.
1: There are a lot worse quarterback rooms than ours. So thank you very much.
0: There's about 10.
1: No. Um,
0: maybe can eight. See
1: now. That's like, like so disrespectful. The dude was blind. Now he can see, and he was much better.
0: <laughs> you need, it depends how you feel about rookies. Like, if you want to cut all of the rookies out, then yeah, maybe, maybe it's 15. But like,
1: Got the red rifle.
0: Oh yeah, you've got the red rifle. You know what yeah. that that puts you above. Who who does that put you above? Having the red rifle as a backup. Uh, you know what? You, you guys get to pass. <laughs> <laughs> you get to pass Tennessee. How about that? Seattle. <laughs> no, you're already ahead of Seattle. So so Seattle. let's see oh, who are sure. the worst. Seattle, Atlanta, Carolina, Pittsburgh. Those are the worst. Um, well,
1: that's handy because that's like. Two of the three teams in that division. Good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that division's bad, and that's okay. Um, let's see. Who else is in this game? Detroit. Detroit's worse. Uh, the Giants. Washington. Houston. Houston. Yeah, Houston. Jets. Houston. The Jets. Um, so that's eight. Uh, Jets. Jets. The- <laughs> Jets, jets are like, you could go either way. I'm, I'll, I'll say I don't know about the Jets.
1: Yeah, but you do know about, you don't know about him. So you can't put him higher than two people that you do know about. One that has, like, both of them have taken their teams to playoff victories.
0: In fairness, well, yeah, you can say the same thing about Marcus Mariota, though. But at the same time, oh, no. by the way, Celtics are up eight.
1: Wow, well, I'm staying out here and I'm not watching anymore.
0: At seven for nine from the three-point line.
1: Wow, there must have been just
0: the two shots I saw that missed. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, I'm so just gonna
1: have to sit outside the rest of the day.
0: Yeah, looks like it. So I guess, yeah, I guess that would be it. The Jets, like Dolphins, same thing. No. I'm like, did you put the Texans? Thank yeah, crap. I put the Texans. So I mean, let's go it again. So it was Seahawks, the, Lions, the Falcons. Team. I said Washington's kind of like that's the Washington is like the cutoff point where it's like it could go either way. Like, so definitely worse I don't care than what you
1: say. San Francisco.
0: No, Trey Lance is going to be great. Um, Let's see. And you have, don't
1: know that. You don't know. Se-
0: that. Yeah. But I know Jameis Winston isn't great. Let's see. No, San Fr- you know Seattle
1: Winston has taken his team to play victories.
0: Seattle, Atlanta, Detroit giants texans pittsburgh uh who else did we have oh carolina panthers yeah uh that's that's you know what let's let's throw washington in there that's eight um if you want to put the jets in there that's nine um yeah i think that's the cutoff point for me dolphins (laughs) dolphins again i could go either way there i could go either way
1: the only thing that's saving him is teddy (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's right, but Teddy versus Red Rifle. I mean, come on, that's that's pretty tough. I
1: take the rifle. It's, uh, it's, I don't know, trust his body more.
0: I don't know. <laughs> They're both kind of the same, right?
1: It's a new little draw.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll call it a draw. For you. I guess the the unknown with Tua is still there. I know what Tua isn't. I don't know what yeah, Tua. Yeah, I know that
1: Tua can't do what Jameis can.
0: Which is I know uh throw it down the field. Yeah, two is more accurate than Jameis, though.
1: Yeah, I mean okay, I guess, what are they gonna do? Check it down. Fucking that's literally what they're gonna do, the dolphins. are literally is gonna be checkmate Charlie. Boy.
0: Yeah, I think t- dolphins and jets, if you wanna if you wanna make your point, I'm not even gonna argue dolphins and jets. Dolphins and jets both don't of them. even I'm care. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's all really dumb.
1: Why, why are we talking people? Football, football just taking over.
0: Yeah, but I know. the more
1: I talk about football, the better the Celtics appear What's the score? Is it, it is
0: 29 21 at the end of the first quarter. Mm, eight points. Okay. Yeah, Miami it's didn't score for the last talking. five minutes of the quarter.
1: Lovely. Did they play some like song so that everyone could get pumped?
0: Like Pepas?
1: I don't even know what that is, but whatever. It sounds fun. You don't know
0: what Pepas
1: is? By Bad Bunny, I I think I didn't know what littering was. (laughs) I like I congratulated somebody on littering today, and I was like, "Cool, that's I'm so proud of you." I don't even know what that means, but cool,
0: cool. By the way, Celtics had thirty five points in the first quarter, and Jason Tatum only took one shot. Oh, that's pretty dang good.
1: That is pretty damn good, isn't it? I'm happy with that. Because you know Grant what? Williams, eight
0: points room for improvement. Grant
1: Williams from how many shots? Uh,
0: yeah. Every other Celtic only the most they missed was so the Celtics are like one for one, four for five, one for two, three for four, and Grant Williams two for two from three. And then you just have Marcus Smart one for five, just throwing <laughs> throwing his balls around <laughs> at the rim, one for five.
1: He's an agent of chaos. He yeah. really is. Like he's just kamikaze. And that's why he's everything hurts.
0: I also like that he may just like stop playing Derek White. It's just like, no, we're done with this one. You can go to the bench.
1: I don't think he did. Is he there on the bench?
0: Uh, He hasn't played yet. No, no. I
1: think he went home because I think his partner was having a baby. I don't think he didn't play him.
0: Oh, well, I would understand if he wasn't playing. You don't
1: really know much about basketball because you didn't think that Al was playing. I had to tell you that.
0: Yes, I know. It was decided right before. You're right. Derek White is out.
1: Four hours ago, available L.
0: Yeah, you told me that four hours ago. Yeah, I know,
1: but I knew that, like, because I'm like switched on and shit.
0: Okay, okay, fine. You got me there.
1: <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah, you gotcha. I I don't know why. Oh, I don't even
0: know where I saw that. Nick Stauskas but... is a Celtic. Holy shit!
1: No, nah, n- not a playing one,
0: sure. No, but Nick Stauskas still being in the NBA is funny because Nick Stauskas is one of those legendary Sacramento okay. Kings who was picked one Main pick before court. a Hall of Famer. Can't remember which mm. one now, but he was definitely picked by the Kings one pick before a Hall of Famer.
1: Uh I think I, I think I saw on maybe I saw it on that that L post that somebody said about Derek White going home. Where else would I have seen that? I don't know.
0: It yeah. uh, wasn't one pick, but he was taken right before Zach Levine. Mm.
1: It's
0: like five picks. Um
1: Zach Levine is
0: just meh. I love the headline today that was Zach Levine is, oh, Jason Tatum just hit another three. They're up 14. Um, mm-hmm. I love the headline today that was Zach it. Zach Levine is tired of DeMar DeRozan and is thinking about joining the Los Angeles Lakers. This is courtesy of LaVar Ball.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long time since I've heard from LaVar Ball. He was fun.
0: Do you guys have those AT&T commercials that have like different people? No, No, you guys don't. Okay, so so part of March Madness and like now into the playoffs is that AT&T got like a bunch of people pretending to be their spokesperson and they got like Coach K and they did a cringy one with Matthew Stafford because you got to get the white quarterback in Um, and they got they got a whole bunch of people. They got a comedian to do it. Um, And then one of them has LaMelo Ball. And LaMelo Ball's talking about like trying to win employee of the week. And then inexplicably, LaVar Ball just shows up in the background of that commercial. And it was like, oh, I forgot about you. I know you have a shitty relationship with Lonzo. I forgot that you are still trying to get the bag off of your children. And he got it from LaMelo. I thought that was funny. The reemergence of LaVar Ball in an AT&T commercial. And now he gets invited on like podcasts and stuff.
1: Who's uh, done like the Cooper Manning? If you hang around long enough, you'll get to be in the commercial.
0: I mean, yeah. Yeah.
1: Cooper Manning is my favorite.
0: <laughs> Cooper Manning is uh I I d I don't I don't like Peyton Manning, so I, I guess the difference there is like I, I, I like I,
1: the fact that the commercial, the the advertisement thing, like just being I, in the background, like cleaning shit
0: <laughs> i've seen that yep he just sits in the background but now he's got the famous son that everyone thinks is peyton manning's kid but it's not <laughs>
1: <laughs> just because it's, it's all right the genet- genetics just skipped a generation with him
0: mm-hmm. exactly well I, peyton manning does have a son i think the son's only like eight years old though
1: yeah i mean like Cooper didn't get the, the talent but his son might have
0: yeah, his son is going to be the next generation of Mannings that the NFL can sell propaganda for.
1: Oh, great.
0: Yeah. Oh, Tyler Hero, no good. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> not on the shot, just in general. Tyler Hero, no good. Ooh, yeah. Reverse layup, Jason Tatum. Celtics are playing awesome.
1: I would not know. <laughs> It's good. But then again, I heard I heard this from Jeremy Taché in the last game, in the first half, about how good the Celtics were.
0: Oh, blocked by Robert Williams. Uh, oh wow. I'll Tatum lays down. it in on the other end. It is a it's a fucking smoker right now. It's forty-two twenty-eight. Miami yeah, Heat can't do shit. We've,
1: we've we've led by that before.
0: Yeah, that I know. You're perpetually pessimistic. Victor Oladipo three-pointer, just way off.
1: Yeah. The masked shooter.
0: Yeah.
1: So does Jimmy hate Oladipo? Or does he just hate everybody?
0: Does Jimmy hate Oladipo? I don't know if I've heard that one.
1: Well, they Apparently he refuses to like, be on the court with him, I thought Mike said.
0: I guess Jimmy isn't out there right now, so maybe there's some truth there to it.
1: Oh wow, Kane's insider with the heat news.
0: Yeah, Grant Williams rejected. Oh no, it was a foul. Grant Williams. Know. I love Grant Williams. He just has a very punchable face.
1: Why? He's just a happy guy that just looks to like, he's great I, for the I don't period. know if I've
0: ever seen Grant Williams happy. Like I've seen him excited, like in yeah, Game Seven. I don't think he was really happy. It was just kind of like a "let's f and go" kind of happy.
1: No, he's no, 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 no. He's a sweet, excitable human. have I mean, you seen him in the press conference where he was like giving people character names from the Marvel universe or something? Like he's he's a weird cat.
0: <laughs> I know he's he is. an evil cat.
1: He's a weird cat. <laughs>
0: I know. I loved him at Tennessee because he is someone who I think turned down like an Ivy League scholarship to play basketball at Tennessee, which is a weird career choice. It worked out
1: listening at home can have a drink because Kyle said that same thing about Grant Williams last week.
0: That's the one thing I know about Grant Williams He's a volunteer. Yeah. Since the seven twenty nine mark in the first quarter, which was less than a quarter ago, it's about 12 minutes ago. uh, The Boston Celtics have a thirty seven to ten run on the Miami Heat.
1: How long have we been how long have we been recording? I reckon that was when I walked outside. <laughs>
0: uh you walked outside around 18 to 10. So not quite the whole time, but about a 34 10 run. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Very since mean. we started recording, the Celtics have gone on a 34 to 10 run. Right.
1: You will stay here with me for the next two hours. <laughs> just leave it recording. Just leave it recording. I'm- I'll just talk to myself.
0: I All right. I mean. I'll 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 put myself on mute real quick. Pritchard three pointer, bang off or bang. Got it. Oh shit! Jesus, no, got it. In, that is a that hard. is now a forty to ten run since we have started recording.
1: Maybe it's just my day. I, don't know. I got offered a job I didn't apply for today. Sick.
0: It's pretty cool of you,
1: and it's within walking distance from my house. Nice. It's not a full like. It's just a. A part-time netball coaching job at a private school near my house. Uh, I reckon that word on the street is they um kids get in there from like dirty drug money, so that they've got a, they've got heaps of money. So maybe they would pay well.
0: Cool. You know,
1: I'm gonna take some of that dirty drug money from them.
0: Let's hope you to- take that dirty drug money. Everyone should. Yep. Everyone should have the opportunity to at least take dirty drug you money.
1: I think that it's like Peter Pan You're taking from the bad. Good to me. I don't. I haven't coached netball before, and I'm not very patient. And these are like high school students. This is going to be bad. I don't
0: know. I, don't know. I mean. You, if you hit the vape in the middle of class, that might not be as good, but still. Like, I'm not
1: a teacher I, teacher. I'm just teaching them how to play netball after school and coaching yeah. them on the weekend. If Stu can do it, I can do it.
0: Yeah, you can do it. If Stu can become one of the greatest lacrosse coaches south of Virginia, I think you could pull it off. Yeah. Right. With how high can it be? Money?
1: They're like 14. That's gonna go listen anyway.
0: Yeah, that's a prime age. I think you can I think you can do it. Yeah. I have faith in you.
1: Yeah. Whatever.
0: I have the full list of players who are drafted one pick after the Sacramento Kings, by the way. Wow. Wow.
1: Well, it sounds like a great list. I bet you they're all like absolute banger of picks.
0: Most of them are. So Um, We can start with Ricky Rubio, which, as you may know, Ricky Rubio was taken by Minnesota before Johnny Flynn, who was taken before Steph Curry. So it's not out of the realm of possibility to say Sacramento could have drafted Steph Curry with the fourth pick in the NBA draft. Um, This is followed up by
1: that. There was a bit of there was a bit of development between Steph Curry out of Davidson and Steph Curry
0: now. This this is correct. I, I'm not going to argue that point. Is, you know, he this... wasn't
1: he wasn't a complete player like Jason Tatum when he came to the league. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't wasn't just riding the coattails of Terry Rozier to make a conference finals.
1: Scary Terry,
0: the scariest of Terrys. <laughs> so uh, this this list continues now to 2011, in which uh, Damian Lillard was drafted one pick prior to. Uh, or one pick after the Kings took Thomas Robinson at pick five, pick six was Damian Lillard. The, okay. a, the but, very next a, season, are. 2012, the very next season, Jimmer for debt was taken at pick nine, one pick before Clay Thompson, another white. well Clay Thompson's biracial, but another fair skinned yeah. shooting guard, specializing in three-pointers milk chocolate milk chocolate this is followed up by of course the now infamous 2018 pick of marvin bagley over luka Doncic, and uh you got contavious caldwell pope in there one year and you got yourself a nice little team there you got Ricky Rubio, Luka Doncic, <laughs> Clay Thompson, Clinton. Davian Lillard, and and uh, and Contavious Caldwell Pope. <laughs> yeah. CCP. Yeah, and they actually drafted Boogie Cousins. So you know that that would have been that would have been a pretty good team if they had just gotten one pick earlier. Correct.
1: One out of six ain't bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, could it could have changed the fortunes like of your franchise. Marcus
1: Smart's shooting percentage? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I I want to laugh the fact that Tyler Hero that says, just
1: smart four assists, zero turnovers, one steal,
0: one for that six 20, shooting.
1: That was twenty minutes ago. Now he didn't include that in the tweet.
0: Uh, Tyler Hero just passed up a wide open layup to Jimmy Butler and Jimmy Butler got fouled. It was very funny because um, Tyler Hero was just like waiting, waiting, waiting. When are they going to co- cut? It was a two on one and they're like waiting. Oh no, they're going to guard me. Oh shit. Or I'm sorry. Oh no, they're going to let me get the layup. Well, I guess I'll pass it to Jimmy anyways and just let Jimmy get fouled. Not, not the best strategy in the world.
1: No. No. Uh, I can see that uh, Heat fans on Twitter are unhappy about that block call. Um,
0: <laughs> yes, it was a clean block by my eye. I assume Jeff Ben Gundy agreed.
1: Well, my friend Jagsman, um, he agreed. He said that was a damn block. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs>
0: I love the quote the other day that I took from a broadcast in which Mary J. Blige was at a Nets game, to which Jeff Van Gundy responded, <laughs> "I love Mary J." <laughs> yeah, I love Mary <laughs> J. Jeff Van Gundy.
1: Wow, <laughs> things you didn't think you'd hear.
0: Yeah, okay. I know, Jeff Van Gundy. But um,
1: the, the, the Van Gundys like to, you know, lean lean woke.
0: They what like are to, the odds uh, that the what are the odds until that the until, until it's deals... about
1: uh, like women accusing Deshaun Watson and then Stan kind of oops slipped
0: yeah speaking of which did you see how strong the Stu Gatz was in Elon Musk what did he do so uh Elon Musk yesterday tweeted out that he was uh switching from voting Democrat to voting Republican and then followed that up with a tweet that said expect a smear campaign after the fact because of this decision, um, to which today, I believe it was Business Insider reported that Elon Musk exposed himself to a SpaceX flight attendant and then paid $250,000 for her silence. So.
1: <laughs> Did you show her, show her his rocket?
0: Yes, it would appear so. And yeah. Um, <laughs> Elon Musk was probably aware that that story was going to drop the next day and was probably called by business insider as a, uh, as a heads up and uh, planned accordingly to try and win the, uh, the court of public opinion.
1: (laughs) The Stugas is strong in him.
0: Unfortunately. Yes. He He pulled an Antonio Brown. I think that's what we're calling it now. Is it? Yeah. Antonio Brown did do that. Probably a lot of people have done that. Just that's the one we've heard of in the last year. Unfortunately, please don't let me drown here.
1: I am just reading about somebody. Oh no, I'm going on Twitter, and someone's like, If you've never landed in the United States after an eight hour transatlantic flight, I'm like, yes, we get it, bitch. Nice flex. You went overseas. Shut up,
0: mm-hmm. Jason Tatum. Dunk Celtics up 21. I
1: look really forward to uh, rewinding and watching this. Oh, um, but Rob's. Robrowski made a great save, according to Roy, and that is the most animated I've ever seen. around Twitter, lots of capital letters. Yeah, uh, Are
0: uh, the Ice they, Cats? They dude. lost. They lost. <laughs> they it's lost. already over. But, uh, no, it's yeah, tied. Uh, is it? it? It looks like it's one-one at the end of the third no, period. Two-one.
1: Oh, oh, is Tampa going to score? Two seconds I just... left. Are two you serious? In... No. Two seconds ago, Roy tweeted the Lightning score, two seconds left in regulation, 2 1 Tampa.
0: Oh no. <laughs> oh my God. That is so brutal. Because usually at the end of Thai hockey games, they just kind of like throw the ice to the end, like throw the puck to the end of the ice and let the clock run out. That's That's so brutal. Yeah. Oh, Panthers my gosh. build
1: off that killed penalty because it doesn't happen often great save with Bobolsky.
0: Um,
1: with then- one
0: oh. second left. They're reviewing it, but with one Panthers second going on a power left on the play block. After a
1: trip, Panthers now 0 for 25 on the power play. The Lightning score with two seconds left in regulation. Oh,
0: it looks like it was like one point something, mm-hmm. too. Oh, <laughs> That's just fucking brutal. Marcus Smart oh. for three. No good. Shocker of the century. You know what? It's a 21-point lead. I think I'm going to call it.
1: No, you're not. You absolutely are not. Don't you dare. Don't do this to me.
0: The Celtics are up- nice
1: to you. I come on this podcast regularly. Don't do this to me.
0: Morgan. No. Do you know the odds that the Boston yeah. Celtics will blow this lead?
1: I, I've seen, I've seen, I've, I know lots of bad odds.
0: Marcus Smart just hit a jump shot from the free throw line. I think that that's a sign. It's, that's, uh, whatever. that's a sign.
1: Anyway, anyone can hit a jump Since shot.
0: Since Morgan from Australia okay. joined this podcast, the Boston Celtics have gone on a 48 to 15 run.
1: I'm very cold. I'm outside. I can't go back inside. Oh, 48, 17. What happened?
0: Bam out of bio dunk, 48, 17. I'm going to call it the Boston Celtics are going to officially start no, the series. La,
1: la, 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 la. Boston Celtics
0: are going to start the series okay, by winning a road it. game against the Miami heat.
1: No, the game. It's not even halftime game over. You are an asshole.
0: I just enjoy oh, the waiver of confidence. Roy. Poor Roy. Oh no. The ice cats lost. Okay. In fairness, they added it four seconds to the clock. Brr. They added four seconds to the clock. Um, at the end. So it was only with four seconds left in the game. Still just brutal. I love the big brother, little brother complex though. Like I find it funny in all sports. Like I love that the Houston Astros just took all of the Yankees fans shit that they were entitled to for 50 years, like just had no business being there. And they just took everything from the Yankees. Like I like that Tampa is the the big brother complex in hockey. Um, but still like
1: well, Dan's at the game
0: or Roy else. Dan is at the basketball. Interesting. Yes. We'll be reporting live with Juju Gotti on the post-game show on the Levitard show that doesn't need any promotion. Is from it going to be
1: live? It's going to be live. Cause if it's going to be live, I'm going to spam the shit out of those
0: comments. It's going to be live on YouTube.
1: Yeah. I'm going to ruin it.
0: Tom and Amin's NBA postgame show as Jason Tatum buries a three-pointer, 62-37. Yeah, all game over. Celtics win.
1: That's ridiculous. Chris Whittingham just tweeted pain. But I don't know. I don't know if he's talking about the Pan- uh, he's no, talking about it's, Panthers. No, it's
0: it's Panthers. It's gotta be Panthers. Oh my god. That's like an all-time hockey beat. Like with four seconds left, that never happens.
1: Oh, no, uh, this. I can't rejoice in a bad beat like that. Like, that's just... Oh, no. Oh,
0: that's hard. No. I mean, you know no, how it feels. Season. You know yeah, how it yeah. feels.
1: Yeah. My team led a grand final for the whole game right into the last minute. And this F-wit kicked a goal from the most ridiculous of spots. And the, the, the only two words I have muted on Twitter, his name, so that I never have to see it pop up or like the goal he kicked i muted his name that's how triggered i am really good at handling these things that's why i can't go inside
0: i think you should go inside and if jason tatum starts missing three pointers i think you should because you can't you,
1: you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube